How are you doing this morning? Do you guys feel the Holy Spirit this morning or what? Mm, Amen. God's going to do something pretty powerful this morning. I am positive of that. So I am excited today. You know why? Because today marks the beginning of what we in the church call Advent, right? And Advent is the season of expectation that leads up to the birth of Jesus. In other words, Christmas. (laughs) I'm also excited because it's the first Sunday of the month, which that means is that we have all the kids here to hear my whole sermon. (laughs) And so I've decided that I'm going to preach directly to the young people this morning, all right? (laughs) Amen? But if you're an adult, I want you to listen in because I think God has a pretty good word for you this morning as well. Amen? All right, so I have a, open us up. I'm going to ask a question. When I say Christmas, how does this make you feel, all right? Does it make you feel like this first slide? (laughs) It's November 1st. We're officially allowed to talk about Christmas. How many of you are like that? I'm like that. Actually, it was like October 31st, right after Halloween. I'm, I'm there. Or did it make you feel like the second slide? I will succeed where the Grinch has failed. (laughs) All right, kids, raise your hand. How many of you love Christmas? Raise your hand if you love Christmas. Okay, I'm going to call on one one of you, okay? And I want you to tell me why you love Christmas. Okay, why do you love Christmas? Mm -hmm. Yeah, why do you love Christmas? Because I get to decorate the tree. Aww. Okay, Pulo, why do you love Christmas? Because I like to give presents to other people so they can have Oh, my God. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Well, I love Christmas. And for me, Christmas, especially Christmas morning, became a lot more exciting once I had kids. And if you don't know me or my kids, you know, Bishop introduced Evan is 12, Mia is 9. You can raise your hands. And I'm sure, parents, you can relate to this, that there is a joy in watching your kids open up presents in the morning, right? Just the look of excitement and joy that they have on their face. It's awesome. Now, for me growing up, I do have some mixed feelings about Christmas. I have a little bit of sadness because, you know, my my parents were immigrants from Taiwan, and I'm sure they didn't celebrate Christmas in Taiwan. So when they got here, you know, we had the Christmas tree, We had a nice Christmas Eve dinner, Um, but when it came time to open the presents, you know, usually they were very practical or (laughs) educational, like school supplies (laughs) or colored pencils. 
I don't know why, but I seem to get colored pencils every single year for Christmas. <laughs> and most years, I just didn't even bother asking for anything because I knew I was just going to get colored pencils, right? <laughs> but some days, some Christmases, my parents would really surprise me. And so one Christmas, uh, there was a big box under the Christmas tree, and I thought, that's a big box of colored pencils, right? <laughs> and when I opened it, you know what it was? It was an Atari video game system. <laughs> Do you kids even know what an Atari video game system is? <laughs> who, knows, who knows what a Sony PlayStation is? <laughs> How about, uh, you know, an Xbox? <laughs> All right, guys, before there were any of these, <laughs> those didn't exist. There was Atari... <laughs> All we had was Pong, <laughs> you know. That was all I could play was one game probably. Like, oh, Pac-Man. I think Pac-Man and Pong. That was it, right? <clears throat> so that one year was amazing. But, you know, most years was colored pencils, right? So don't feel bad for me, though, because it wasn't like they never got me anything. My parents are really generous, and I don't think I ever had want or need in my life, right? <laughs> and so everything I wanted, I got. It's just that I got them throughout the year. I never got them for Christmas, so, kids, if I got everything that I wanted during the year, but I didn't get anything for Christmas, why do you think I was so sad at Christmas time? Can someone tell me why I was so sad at Christmas time? Anyone? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't have anything to look forward to at Christmas, right? And so... I never got to write down my Christmas list. I never got to wait anxiously for Christmas. I never got to run to the tree. There was just, I just didn't get that excitement, right? And I know this sounds like a first world problem, you know? <laughs> and I know some of you are probably going through some tough times maybe. Maybe you won't even be celebrating Christmas. I don't know. But I want to make a point this morning. <clears throat> and this applies to everyone. And I think my point is that a big part of the excitement of Christmas is hope, right? <laughs> hope. And the hope and excitement that we can have about wishing for presents under the Christmas tree, this is the same hope and excitement that we can have about wishing for great things to come because of the birth of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Now, the birth of Jesus, it's a big deal, right? Because Jesus is basically God come down to earth as a human, right? And when Jesus becomes an adult, this is what he says. He says this about himself. He says this in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses 18 through 19. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, I have come to change the world. Right? I've come to bring justice to the oppressed. I've come to bring comfort to those who mourn. I bring, I've come to bring connection to God. Right? Because of Jesus, we can now live with Jesus forever in heaven when we die. So these are all amazing things that Jesus does. These are all the things that we hope for with the birth of Jesus. Let's talk a little bit. What is hope? Let's talk about what hope is. So the definition of hope is the anticipation of good things to come, right? And hope is a really powerful thing because hope can keep people alive. Hope can renew our faith 
And hope is a big part of what the season of Advent is all about, all right? So what is Advent? Why are we celebrating Advent? Well, Advent, the word Advent, it comes from the next slide. The word Advent comes from the Latin's advenire, and it means to come or arrival. So Advent is preparing ourselves for the arrival of Jesus. And generally, there's four Sundays before Christmas in Advent, and each Sunday there's a particular theme, and they are hope, love, joy, and peace. And so today is the first Sunday in Advent, so that's why we're talking about hope. Now, why do we need hope? What's the point of hope, right? Well, I guess if we have everything that we want, we have everything that we need, everything is hunky-dory in our lives, there's no need for hope, right? And I think that while there's a lot that we can and should be thankful for about our lives and about the world that we live in, there's still a lot of pain and suffering and injustice that we have in our lives and in the world. So over the past <coughs> few Sundays, I <coughs> have asked the Sunday school kids, I said, what is one thing that makes you angry or sad or worried? And it could be in your life, in your family, in your friends' lives, or in the world. What's one thing that you wish you could change? And here's what some of the kids said. Some of the kids said this. I wish my mother wouldn't have to work so much. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I wish my brother wouldn't get sick with asthma. Our president's actions and words towards immigrants, women, and people in general. And unfortunately, there were many people who said that. I'm sad about how people of color are treated unfairly. It's better than it used to be, but there's a lot we can fix. Amen. Bad teachers. <laughs> Bullies. <laughs> yeah, real. This is real. It's real. I want everyone to have access to healthy food and clean water. Amen. Immigrants would be treated better. My 10-year-old friend is in the hospital. He has cancer, so I pray that he gets better. It makes me immensely upset when I see a cigarette case or butt on the ground because smoking is bad enough for yourself and the earth, but then littering? That's cold. <laughs> I wish guns weren't invented. Amen. I wish no one would kill animals. Oh, I wish I could get a phone. Oh, I guess it's different. I wish I could get a phone. Now, that's honest, right? <laughs> one thing that I wish were different is my dad leaving because of my job in the military. And the last one, homework. <laughs> <laughs> These are real, right? These are honest. These are real. And so for you young people, there's a lot of things going on for you that you're just caring, right? There's a lot of burden and worry that you guys have. And I can only imagine for the adults in the room, what are the things that are making you just so angry or sad or worried or anxious? We all can be anxious about something. What's, what might that be for the adults in the room as well? So as I was thinking about how can we hold on to hope, during the season of Advent, I started to read the Bible, particularly the Christmas story. <clears throat> and one aspect of the Christmas story, actually the pre-Christmas story, really caught my attention. And it's the story 
of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, this is the same passage that Bishop preached on last week, right? And as he was preaching last week, all of a sudden I froze. I said, oh, no. <laughs> He's going to steal my thunder. I have to rewrite the whole sermon. <laughs> and then I realized, no, you know, Bishop, last week, didn't he bring the thunder? <laughs> yeah. And God willing, hopefully today I'll bring a little bit of lightning, you know? <laughs> so... For those of you who weren't here last week or who don't know who Zachary and Elizabeth is, let me tell you. So Zachary and Elizabeth are very godly people. Zachary is a priest. We're going to read about him. Now, Elizabeth, she is cousins with Mary. And Mary and Joseph, they're the parents of Jesus. Zachary and Elizabeth, they're the parents of John. And this is the John the Baptist in the Bible, right? And John the Baptist is a very important figure in the Bible because when he becomes an adult, his job is to prepare the way and to prepare all of God's people for Jesus, right? So this is a very big job in the Bible. <laughs> and as we'll see, even before he's born, he and his family are going to have a very big role in the coming of Jesus. So let's all turn, turn with me to Luke. We're going to start from the very beginning, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. <laughs> and they were both very old. All right, so let's pause there. So this story happens before John and Jesus are born, all right? And I want to give you a little bit of historical context. You understand what's going on. So they are living during the time of the Roman Empire, okay? Now, if you don't know the Romans, they're this very powerful group of people. And over the course of literally hundreds of years, their empire has grown and grown. So on the map there, everything in orange is what the Roman Empire controlled, right? So you can see all of Europe, all of the Mediterranean area, even go all the way up to England, you see that big island there on the top left? That's the Roman Empire controlled it all. And what they also controlled is the land where God's people were living at the time. The Jews were living in, in Judea. Now, you might remember from the Bible, Israel and Judah and the kingdoms. Well, the Romans called it Judea, okay? So the Romans have occupied Judea, and the Jews hated the Romans because the Romans occupied them, right? Now, the Romans, they couldn't control all the land because it was way too much for them to control. So what they would do is they would appoint rulers all over the empire, and the rulers would just pledge their loyalty to Rome, right? And so in Judea, they had appointed a man named Herod. Now, you might remember him. He's called Herod the Great or King Herod or the King of Judea. So that's Herod. Now, Herod is a very wicked man. He's a very bad man in the Bible. And at one point, Herod discovers that Jesus is going to be born and that Jesus is probably the fulfillment of this prophecy that the Jews had of this Messiah, right? And the Messiah means anointed one or savior, you know, Jesus, the anointed one. So anointed one uh, is translated, well, anointed one in those days, no one was really anointed unless you were going to be a king, right? Only kings were anointed. So Herod He's very nervous because if this Jesus is going to grow up to be a king, he might want to take over his position, right? <clears throat> so he doesn't want this to happen. So he goes out and he sends his men to kill 
every single baby boy because he doesn't know who Jesus is, <clears throat> all right? So this is called the Massacre of the Innocents, and this is a very, very sad story from our history, <clears throat> and, um, and many artists have depicted this is one artist's depiction of the Massacre of the Innocents. <clears throat> so the Jews, <clears throat> they have a lot to be upset about in, in this time, <clears throat> and now they have heard about this prophecy of the Messiah, right? At this point, they don't know that Jesus is going to be born yet. So you have to remember that there were many prophets who talked about Jesus over a course of a 1,000 years, right? So no one knew when Jesus was going to come, right? He could come today. He could come tomorrow. He could come like in a 1,000 years from now. They have no idea. But they, they do believe this. They think that if Jesus were to come today, you know, if he was the anointed one, if he's going to be a king, then he can rescue them from the Romans, right? He can deliver them. He can set up a new kingdom, and he can be the ruler of this new kingdom. And so they, they really believe that if Jesus were to come today, that's what he would do. So not only do they have all this going on, but Zachariah and Elizabeth, back to their story, they also have some personal problems, right? Because they don't have any children. They're childless, right? And in this day, uh, in this time, culturally, it was looked down upon if you didn't have any children. It was even shameful. Some people even believe that if you didn't have children, then maybe that was God punishing you for something you did wrong, right? And so even though the passage makes it very clear that they're too old to have kids, I think that in their heart of hearts, they kind of wished they could still have a child, right? That's something they really wanted to have. All right, let's continue. Verse 8. Once, when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And this is what Bishop talked about and how rare it was. I didn't realize this, but it was very rare to even be chosen to go into the temple. So if you were chosen, this was quite an honor. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. <clears throat> your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So at this point, <coughs> Zechariah realizes he's going to have a son, and not just any son, right? This son is going to play a very important role in the history of the world, and he is going to be preparing God's people for the Lord. <coughs> And maybe this means the Messiah, right? <laughs> He's realizing that maybe this means the Messiah will be coming. And if this is true, this is like all of his dreams come true. If he has a Christmas wish list, you know, <clears throat> at the top, Zachary would say, Messiah comes to rescue our people, <laughs> right? <laughs> Number two, I would have a child. Number three, my child would be a son who would bring honor to our family <clears throat> and really be an important figure in world history, right? <clears throat> These are all amazing things that God is directly telling Zechariah through this angel. Now, you have to understand that 
God doesn't speak to everyone in the Bible like this, right? <laughs> Very few people actually get spoken to directly by God or an angel of God, right? And so you would think that God is speaking to him through an angel. He's feeling pretty good about this word from God. He's going to have faith that's going to come true, right? Well, unfortunately, not really. <laughs> so let's read on. Okay, verse 18. <clears throat> Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will become true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, <clears throat> the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he had stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized that he had seen the vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. So when his time of service was completed, he returned home. So unfortunately, the story ends in a little bit of a sad note. <clears throat> because Zechariah lacked faith, <clears throat> the angel took away his voice until his son was born <clears throat> as proof <clears throat> that God's word would come true. So what can we learn from this passage, right? How can we hold on to hope during the season of Advent? Well, I think the first lesson that we can learn is not to have fear, right? <clears throat> so the first thing the angel says to Zechariah in verse 13 is, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. <clears throat> your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. So if fear, <clears throat> if fear is this feeling of apprehension that something bad is going to happen, then the opposite of fear is hope, right? <laughs> because hope is the feeling, the anticipation of something good happening. So the angel is saying, fear not. In other words, have hope, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. He's going to answer your prayers, right? So have hope. Now, <clears throat> I remember one Christmas, there was a big box in the tree, and I thought, well, could this be something different than colored pencils? <laughs> and I opened it up, and you know what it was? It was a transformer. <laughs> Not just any transformer. This was like the transformer of all transformers. <laughs> this was a fighter jet that could turn into a robot. <laughs> this was the one I'd been wanting all year long. <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> I got it for Christmas. Transformers like the big toy when I was growing up, right? And the next year, I thought, surely my parents got me such a great gift the previous year. They must now understand Christmas. <laughs> and I got colored pencils the next year. <laughs> so that's the thing about hope, right? Is that we can hope for something, and if it comes true, then... We are so ecstatic, right? We are riding high. We are happy. But if we don't get what we want, then we can have our hopes dashed. We can pour a lot of emotional investment into hoping for something only to have it not come true, right? So what are we supposed to do with this? How do we deal with hope when there's no guarantee of the outcome, right? So here's where I think the second lesson comes in from this passage. And this lesson is to have faith, right? So have faith. So in this moment, Zechariah does not have faith that God's word is going to come true. So because of that, you know, the angel takes away his voice. 
Now, to be fair, if I was in Zachariah's shoes, I probably would have done the same thing, right? <laughs> we all probably would have. We'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I don't think this is going to happen, right? We'd all do that. But let's take a lesson from Zachariah, and let's have faith that the things that we hope for will come true. Where hope is a feeling, right? Faith is a state of mind. Faith is a state of mind where we have to choose to believe in something we do not see, right? So the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, this is what the author says. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. So if we already have something and can see it, well, there's no need for hope or faith, right? What's the point? But if we don't have something, we can't see it. We not only have to have hope in what we don't see, but we have to have faith that what we hope for will come true. In order for us to have any confidence or assurance, we need faith, right? But here's the thing. We can take hope because our faith is based on the word of God. And God never goes back on his word. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, God never goes back on his word. Did you know there are 61 very detailed prophecies about Jesus, right? And these prophecies were told by different prophets over the course of a 1,000 years, right? And Jesus fulfilled them all. So here's just three of them. I've got them on the screen here. Number one, the Messiah would be born a virgin. That was Isaiah. Jesus fulfilled it. Micah said, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Jesus fulfilled it. Hosea said the Messiah would be called out of Egypt. Jesus fulfilled it. Remember, Jesus, born in Bethlehem, afraid of King Herod, flees to Egypt. When it's safe, comes out of Egypt, goes to Nazareth, right? <clears throat> so the odds of fulfilling all 61 of these prophecies are pretty difficult. In fact, they're impossible. I think it'd probably be impossible even just to fulfill that first one, you know, born of a virgin, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I was reading for kicks. I don't know. Some mathematician decided he wanted to try to figure out what the probability that one person could fulfill all these. And this is what he said. <clears throat> it would be like one chance in a million, 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 million. I'm sorry. A trillion, 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 trillion. So that's one in 12 trillions. <laughs> that's the probability that one person could fulfill all 61 of those prophecies. And yet Jesus did it. <clears throat> right? Jesus did it. Yep. So I think if we're able to combine hope with faith, then I think that allows us to bring all of our fears, our worries, our anxieties to Jesus. And if we can lay them at Jesus' feet, then I think what that allows us to do is to be open to having great things happen from God, right? In the book of Romans, Paul encourages us with this passage. He says, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So it takes patience. We have to be patient. <coughs> And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called 
according to his purpose. Now, what I love about this passage is that if we don't get exactly what we want, what we've been praying for, it's okay. Because God is bigger than us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows what we want or need better than we know what we want or need. So God is working everything for the good of those who love him. And everything is going to work out just perfectly because of God, right? And, you know, this even happened to God's people, right? Because when Jesus came, he didn't deliver them from the Romans. He didn't rescue them. He didn't set up a whole new kingdom. He didn't become the king of this whole new kingdom. But what Jesus did do is he established a spiritual kingdom here on earth. And he was the ruler of the spiritual kingdom. And I know that more people in history have been changed because of the spiritual kingdom than any earthly kingdom could ever do. Amen? All right. So I want to end this morning. I really felt like God wanted us to have a ministry time this morning. Okay, so I'm going to have the ushers. If you guys could pass out the note cards and pens on the upper sanctuary and the lower sanctuary. Oh, they're in. They're right in front of you. Okay, they should be right in front of you by the little offering envelopes there or on the, on the pew. And downstairs, I think the ushers are probably helping the folks downstairs with the cards. All right, and as you guys are passing that out, I'm going to explain what we're going to do. So I'm going to guys give you a minute. Maybe we can have some music playing. I'm going to give you a minute, and I want you, just like the kids did, I want you to write down what is one thing that's making you angry or sad, anxious, and worried, one thing that you wish you could change. So take a moment right now, write that one thing down. You're not going to share it with anyone. This is not, this is just between you and God, all right? If you don't want to do it, it's fine, it's optional. But this is an opportunity for you just to take that one thing. And as you're doing that, let me explain what we're going to do. I'm going to have the manger up here. This manger is going to represent the baby Jesus, all right? And after you guys are done writing, I'm going to pray for us. And you don't have to come in any particular order. But I want you to come up. I want you to bring your card. And I want you to bring it to Jesus. And you know what Jesus is going to do with it? That's right. Jesus has a shredder. (laughs) This is the Holy Spirit shredder. (laughs) And you're going to come up, and you're going to put your card. Hold on. Holy Spirit. Ah, Okay. I can see the Holy Spirit's working now. You're going to take your card. You're going to put it in here. And the Holy Spirit's going to shred whatever it is that's on your heart, right? And I'm going to pray that when you do that, there's a spiritual transaction that's going to happen, right? You're going to give something, God's going to give you something, right? There's a transaction happening. God can't give you anything until you let something go. So you're going to come up here. You're going to give your worry to him. 
And what God is going to do is God is going to give you a peace that transcends all understanding, right? That's my prayer for you, right? So, hold on. <laughs> you have a question? <laughs> right. So on the card, just write one thing down that's on your heart that's burdening you. What is one thing that's, that's worrying you? What's something that makes you angry or sad or anxious that you want God to take? All right? So just take a moment now. And folks in the lower sanctuary, you know, after I finish praying, please feel free to come up too. You're welcome to come up to the upper sanctuary and do that. pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray you would bless this time this morning. Bless everyone here at Pentecost or Tabernacle. I pray you would take our deepest fears, worries, all the things that are causing us pain and suffering and injustice. Would you take it, Lord? And I pray, God, that you would replace it. Replace it with a spirit of peace, a spirit of joy, a spirit of hope. May we take hope with us during the season of Advent as we wait for the arrival of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're ready, come on up. You want to excuse one? From, okay. <laughs> That's the sound of Jesus <laughs> taking away your worries, your fears. All the things that are making you sad, angry, fearful, worried during this season. All the things that make you so anxious, all the things that make you so angry, bring them up. Bring them up to the Lord. May God take, take it all. May God take it all in Jesus' name. Replace it, Jesus. Replace it. Replace all the things that are on our hearts, that are weighing us down, that are burdening us. Take it, Jesus. Take it, Lord. Replace it, God, with hope, love, joy, peace. Give us hope, Lord. Lord, give us hope. Give us hope in this season of Advent. Give us hope, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, fall. Fall on PT right now, Jesus. Fall on PT. Fall on each of us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord, come. Come, Jesus, come. 
come. This is the sound of a whole people bringing everything that is on their hearts to the Lord. This is the sound of God replacing it with His goodness, with His grace, with His mercy, with His love, with His forgiveness. Everything that Jesus came for, this is what it's, this is what it's about. This is what it's about, God. Lord God, come. Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Come. Come. Bless our church so we can be a blessing to the world. Bless our church so we can be a blessing to our city. Bless our church, Lord, so we can be a blessing to you, God. Come, Lord. You got it, sweetie. There you go. Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it, Lord. Bring it. We break off the hold. Of the we break off the hold that the enemy has. We break off the hold that the enemy has over our minds, over our hearts over our souls, God. We break it off in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no hold. You have no foothold in our lives. You have no foothold in our hearts. You have no foothold on our church. We break it off in Jesus' name and we replace it, God, with your blessing, with your of peace, God. Fall, Lord. I pray for each person here. Give to them a spirit of peace, Lord Jesus. I pray they will return home today feeling your peace, feeling your hope, feeling your love. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Take it. Take it all, Jesus. Take it all. Take it all, Jesus. You got it, sweetie. You got it. There you go. You got two for it. There you go. God's going to take it. God's going to take it. God's going to take it. There you go. There you go. Good job, yeah. There you go. Take it. Take it all, Lord Jesus. Give us your hope, God. Your hope in Jesus' name. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it, Jesus. Bring it. Yes, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. God, you are bringing it today, Lord. We welcome you. We welcome your presence. We welcome your Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Take it all. Take all of our fears. Take all of our worries. Take all of our... All the things that are burdening us, Lord Jesus. We give it to you, Lord God. We give it to you. We give it to you, Lord God. 
right now for those of you who are burdened with health issues. God wants to take that away too. God wants to break off that health issue for you. We give you all the pain, the mental pain, the physical pain, the emotional pain that our health issues have caused us. And Lord, would you take it, take and redeem it. Redeem that pain in Jesus' name. by a broken relationship I want to pray into that I pray God that you would bring healing restoration reconciliation forgiveness into that broken relationship Lord would you bless that relationship in Jesus name bring healing and hope relational healing and hope in Jesus name God, for any financial hardship, anyone here going through any anxiety because of financial hardship, we pray that you would break it off in Jesus' name. We pray for hope, hope that you will be our provider. We pray for your provision, God. Take all of those fears and give them to you, God, because you promise that you take care of us, God. If there's anything that's making you fearful, we pray that you would break it off in Jesus' name. Break off that spirit of fear that is consuming us, that spirit of fear that is holding us back, that spirit of fear that is holding us back from Moving forward in our career, in a relationship, in a decision that we know we need to do. Maybe it might be talking to someone about something, whatever it is. Take away that fear in Jesus' name. Because you did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power, love, self-control, soundness of mind. Take away that fear in Jesus' name. the remaining folks come up here, let me just pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the work that you did here this morning, for taking away all of our fears, all of our worries, all of our burdens, and replacing it with a spirit of hope, spirit of love, spirit of joy, and a spirit of peace, Lord. Bless us during the season of Advent. May we be a blessing to bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.
if you're a kid in the Sunday school who is going to be in the Christmas pageant, um, they're going to do a rehearsal right now. So kids are excused to go to 345. If you're visiting or you're not going to be in the Christmas um, pageant thing, a performance, it's okay. You can just stay here in the room because all they're going to be doing over there is rehearsing today. Normally we don't have Sunday school on the first Sunday of the month. Thank you, PT. As always, it is a privilege and an honor to speak with you. And um, you've given me love, and I hope I've given you something in return. Amen.